14. That, kind of, that, that might have been a message there right there in itself, huh? Matthew chapter 14, right? No, 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 14. Sorry. Matthew chapter 14. I sent I send the audio people probably the wrong scripture. Matthew chapter 14. I've been working this all week long in my, in my, in my heart, so I, I don't know why. We, might have been a typo. It wasn't a heart thing. It was a typo. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to participate together because we've got a lot of text to read. We're going to start in verse 22, and we're going to go to verse 32. I'll read and start. Then you will go on and read, and as you know, 32 will read together. When you're there, say amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says this. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. He was what? Hmm. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit! And they cried out for fear. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Thirty-two altogether, and when they came, ship the wind ceased. So, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. You may be seated. No, we traditionally want to pray after we get done reading, but we've been praying. Today, I want to entitle this message: Focus on Jesus. Focus. On Jesus. I can't tell you how much meaning this sermon title have for me today. It's not just today that I always think about this focus on Jesus. It's a it's a theme that 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 resonate with me always. Focus on Jesus. And so today finally I will try to do my very best in ministering this text to you by letting you know we must focus on Jesus. Let me give you some background of what just took place. Jesus had just performed miracles or performed the miracle of feeding the more than 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. He had just done that miracle. 
And so when he had performed that miracle and everybody ate, because Jesus was such, he, he was so awesome that they sat there and listened to him teach. And when he had got done teaching, the disciple says, well, master, we need to let them go. And Jesus said, no, we got to feed them before we let them go. And so he said, what do we have to give them to eat? Disciple says, I think we have five loaves of bread and two fishes. We can probably, I know that's not enough. That can't do anything. We might have to go to the store to get some food. Jesus says, not so. Bring it to me. And when they brought the fishes and the loaves to him, he prayed and blessed it and multiplied it and began to feed. Had the disciples begin to pass it out and they fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So we walk around saying, Jesus, feed 5,000. It's more than 5,000. They just mentioned the men, which was 5,000. We don't know how many women and we don't know how many children. So he fed the entire group of people that listened to him. And so they ate, they were satisfied, but here is what started happening. Because of the miracle, the Jews, most of which were the, the disciples, they were like, look at this miracle. This must be the Messiah that was talked about that would come. We need to make him our king now that we realize he must be the Messiah. We need to make him king. When Jesus realized they're trying to make him king, when that's not what he was intended to do when he came, his focus when he came to this world was to die for our sins. That was his focus. And so when they try to make him king, he said in his own self, that's not what I'm here for. My purpose is to die for your sins. And so when he realized that's what was happening in their heart, he told the disciples, Get in the boat. I want you to go to the other side. I'll catch up with you later. And then the rest of the people that were there, he told them nicely, done teaching, have a good evening. And so now the disciples, they're sailing to the other side where he's going to meet them. And the people that he taught, they're now on their way. They had some word and they had some food. That's where we now pick up in the story when the Bible begins to tell us, all of these happenings that took place from the time Jesus dismissed them and to the time that they got into the boat and what was going on. One of the things that I want you to pay attention to is when everybody left, the people left, disciples left, Jesus was alone. What did he do when he was alone? Nah, he watched TV. <laughs> he got the remote. No, he prayed. Can I just tell you today that I've been telling you and I'm going to keep on telling you when you find yourself by yourself, it's not time to do wrong. It's not time to do your own thing because nobody's looking at you. They said, you know something about someone when nobody's looking, what do they do? And when nobody is looking, Jesus is praying. And we, if we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to focus on Jesus, then we need to take his lead and says, when nobody is looking, when nobody's around, when I'm all by myself, what should I do if I'm trying to mimic the master? I need to pray. I need to take the opportunity to commune with my God. I need to take the time to begin to dig into the word of God and sound like a crazy person and begin to say, God, I don't know what this means. What does this say? 
understand. Help me to understand that you take your Bible up and you begin to talk to God like you're talking to someone, right, right, Mama Allen? Like you're talking to somebody sitting right next to you. Man, as I said that, my son, my oldest son, should be standing in my place right now preaching to y'all. And that ain't, I'm not saying that because of my son. I'm saying it because I understand some stuff he has experienced. I ain't never experienced it. I don't understand how he's not the preacher. Dude said one day he was sitting on his bed. And he would begin to talk to God and God began to talk to him. And I know he wasn't making it up because the stuff he was saying, straight biblical connection there. And God spoke to him in his own way. And he was reasoning with God. He said he thought he was sleeping, but he really wasn't sleeping. I ain't never had no experience like that with God. I don't know about you. If you had a, a, a situation where he's, you sitting down and you feel like Jesus sitting next to you talking to you. I ain't never had that experience. He had that experience. He's, I, he's supposed to be preaching like his hair is on fire. When you get that kind of experience, because that don't come every day. You're supposed to be preaching like your hair is on fire because you had some experience where you felt like Jesus sat next to you and told you some stuff. But we need to take the opportunity when we're by ourselves to make sure we're communing with the Almighty God. Ain't no, with no time to cry like I'm by myself. It's no time to cry about nobody. I don't get along with people. It's, it's not time to complain about why I don't have friends. It's not time to complain about I just can't be alone. I got to do something. I'm here to tell you, uh, take advantage of your alone time uh, with Jesus. Uh, take advantage of your alone time to pray. Uh, take advantage of your alone time to get closer to God. Uh, you can you can't get closer to God with other people. You can only get closer to God between you and Him. It's personal to get close to God. And most of the times, we take our personal time. I just need some time. If you don't purposely take the time to be alone with God, God will allow some stuff to happen around you where you're going to find yourself alone. You got a choice. You can either do it on your own and say, God, I know what's important. I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to commune with you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to play Christian music and let it saturate my heart. I'm going to listen to some preaching tapes and let it saturate my mind. I just want to be here alone just with you, oh God. You'll see how far that'll get you. Because you'll see how far it got Jesus. Because remember, Jesus is God in the flesh. Meaning, Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man at the same time. So when he was praying, it meant he was just like me and you. So that's what he was doing. Praying, being just like me or me and you. Just being a, a, a total human being. Said, I got to talk to the Lord. And he was just praying. He prays and he answered the prayers. Because he was God all by himself. Even though he was manifest in flesh. And so he's there praying, talking to the Lord. The disciples were on their way, and all of a sudden the storm hit. The storm hit. Windy. The Bible calls the wind boisterous, meaning it was unruly, had no control. It was just, just crazy. 
windy. And when you're on the water and it's windy, you know, the seas get rough and, and everything just start going haywire. Your boat is out of control and you can't control it. You have no more control when you're on the water and the winds are boisterous. And this is what the disciples were now experiencing. Out of control. They started getting worried and fear came upon them. They, they were frightened and wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to ever make it or will they lose their life? That's where it was. They were in distress. They were trying to control the boat, but the boat wasn't allowing them because the wind was in total control. Now, I'm probably going to take a step, a, a, a little leap there, but I'm going to say this. I believe while Jesus was in the area where they were early and he dismissed everybody, while he was alone and praying, I believe as he was praying, Daryl, he saw the disciples on the water troubled. When you will talk to God, see, we don't understand. God can alert us to trouble that is coming our way if we would take the time to pray. If you study Jesus' life, what he did was he took the time alone to pray. So when he came into public, he didn't have to go crazy. He just began to speak things. Uh, be still. Uh, be healed. Rise up and walk. That's the kind of stuff he did when he came in public. You know why he could do that? Because while he was by himself, he was getting fully charged. While he was by himself, he was getting fully connected. While he's by himself, uh, he's communing. Uh, while he's by himself, he can see things that he could not see. And I believe that while he was there praying and kneeling and talking and just, just getting charged up because that's what prayer does for us. It charges us. It encourages us. It empowers us. And while he's there praying and getting charged, I believe he began to see the vision of his disciples in the water, toiling. The boat's going all over the place. Mm. What a mighty God we serve. I need to let you know, don't you believe, uh, don't, don't, don't you understand uh, that God is not being taken by surprise because of the situation that you're in, uh, the problems that you're facing. Uh, do you think that God is surprised? Uh, do you think that God is like, oh, what's happening here? Uh, oh, no, baby. God always knows what's going on. Uh, the Bible says uh, he intercedes on our behalf. Uh, and so when we're going through our struggles uh, and we're going through all of our challenges uh, and we're stuck in a situation, uh, just trust and know uh, that God sees it. Uh, and God knows it. And if God is allowing it, just say, God, you know where I am. You know what I'm going through. You know how hard it is. You know I'm weighted down by this situation. But God, I know you got my back. No sense to getting crazy. God showed us that he is paying attention. God shows us that he's looking. He's staring at our situation. And God knows what you're dealing with. There is no way you're going through anything by yourself. God knows what you're going through. And so he knew his buddies were in trouble. With their life being in the balance, absolute danger, there was in their moment of agony. Listen, old time people know what they're saying. When they, when they said he might not be there when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. 
He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. And many times we don't want to trust His time. We get panicky and start doing our own thing. I believe many situations could have been helped that we messed up. Many situations that we went through, we messed them up because we were impatient and we wouldn't allow the perfect time of God to overtake us. The perfect time of God to work and do something great for us. We're doing things on our own and we're pushing through and God is saying, don't you know I know? Don't you know I see? Don't you know I understand? But I am an untimed God. I don't operate on your time. I operate on my because my time is perfect. I'm a perfect God and whatever I do is perfect. Whatever I do is perfect. My timing is perfect because I'm a perfect God. Ah. He's perfect, and His timing is perfect. You might think that you're going to lose it, and it won't happen for you, but the perfect God has perfect timing, and we need to trust His timing. We need to say, God, I'm not comfortable with what's going on here. God, I don't know what you're going to do, but help me to be encouraged and to not do my own thing. He's perfect, and He's always perfectly on time. And so we're wondering, and the disciples are in danger. The boat is all over the place, no control. They feel like they're going to lose their life. And all of a sudden, they see a shadow. They see like something coming towards them. And the Lord Jesus began to walk on the water towards them, walking on the water towards them. And the Bible said they thought it was a spirit, meaning ghosts. Even these men of God. Come on, people. We, 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 we gotta be normal and stop being like we're crazy. Even these awesome men of God, as much as they was with Jesus Christ, they saw something coming off the water and they said, what in the world is this? This must be a ghost. They thought it was a ghost coming at them. And Jesus, as he is, just walked over and says, be of good cheer. It is I, Jesus. Oh my God, I can't, I can't think of any better words to, to, to be identified with when I'm going through, to hear the word, be of good courage. It is I, Jesus, I'm here with you, I'm here for you. Oh God, I pray that we will have the patience and we will have the trust in you that we will just stand and see the salvation of the Lord and say, God, show us it's you. It is I, Jesus. He told him, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. When Jesus is coming, he will cheer you up in your situation. You might not even get deliverance right away, but guess what? Just, just, just the presence of the Lord, just knowing that he's now here, just knowing that he has shown up in the midst of your situation, that should get you excited. I don't care if he do the miracle right away, just show up Jesus, because I know you cannot be destroyed, and nothing cannot stop you, Jesus. So when you show up in my situation, when you show up in my circumstances, when you show up when I'm down and out, when you show up when I'm lonely, when you show up when I'm hurting, when you show up when I don't know which way to turn when you show up Lord God when I'm burdened with troubles when you show up Lord God when things aren't working my way when you show up Lord God when I'm broke when you show up and nobody seems to love me that is all I need 
Oh God, that is all I need. That is all I need. Just show up, oh God, and say, it is I. The I am is showing up. The I am is showing up in my situation. I just want him to show up. Just show up, oh God. He said, it's I, Jesus. He, he made them encouraged. He encouraged them. They were in distress. They were in sorrow. Death was right there at the door. And he just came and says, be of good courage. It is I, Jesus. He didn't even tell them I'm coming to stop the wind. He didn't tell them anything. He just showed up and said, be of good courage. He comes to us in the hour of need, not the hour of want. A lot of times we think that God should come, but that's the hour of want. But God will come in the hour of need. Oh, he comes manifesting himself in all his love and mercy towards us. God is so merciful towards us. When he shows up, he just wants his mercy and he wants his love to just consume us. You heard me said before that trials will come our way. Because unfortunately, that's the only time we know where we stand with God. I don't know what's wrong with us as a people, me included, when life is going good. We, we, we don't give God the time. We don't fellowship. We don't pray. We don't commune with God when things are going good. And it's not until things go bad that now all of a sudden we are tested and we have to now begin to call on him. And that's when we can now know if we are in a right relationship or if he is what he's supposed to be to us. This is why sometimes he allowed the trial to go on. Now, he didn't put the trial in your life. He didn't put the test in your life. Most of the time, it's not God doing. But he sees or saw it coming and says, I'm going to let that go. That's what he says. He, he loves you. So he's not trying to do stuff to you, but, he, but, the, but stuff just happens. And, and he sees it and he says, I'm going to let that go a little bit. Because all he's after, all he's after is trying to get us to get on the right track, to get a right relationship with him. I mentioned yesterday at prayer meeting, yesterday I was at the mall with my kids. Man, I, I, I said to God this morning, God, why do you allow the kids to be with me at that time? I didn't get to dig into this guy. I'm still talking about it. I'm just mad. I'm walking with the kids, and this guy came up to me. I, I felt him coming up the escalator. I said, okay, somebody's behind me. He wants something. And he came to me, and he said, excuse me. I said, yeah. He said, do you, do you know that, I almost feel like somebody was trying to set me up. He says, do you know that Jesus have a feminine side? And do you know that it's the feminine side that he will come back to get us in? Man, I was so mad. But I was mad at myself. I was just mad about everything. You know, first of all, I'm mad at myself because I'm saying, I'm not doing enough spreading the gospel because I've got the truth. And they've got erroneous, crazy doctrine that they're trying to spread in this mall. And here I am with the truth. And I'm not doing enough to spread the truth. And my baby, she's behind me almost like she can, she can tell. You know, your kids can tell you're getting huffy. I'm getting huffy with this guy. I said, in a nutshell, this is what I said to him. I said, let me explain something to you. 
The only thing God cares about is a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us and for us to spend eternity with him. You tell me how does a feminine side of Jesus Christ have anything to do with us getting saved and us getting the right relationship? I said, man, don't you tell anybody this stuff you're telling them. Keep that to yourself because this, what you're saying, is not helping anybody. I was so, mm, I wanted to put the kids down somewhere and go after him again, but I I just couldn't. I was agitated after that. My poor kids got to go through the agitation after that. They couldn't do nothing. Every way they turned, I said, come back here, right here. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. But I, I didn't want to do that, you know. But, but I, I just got snappy with them because I'm just like, this guy's walking around the mall. And I kept walking around the mall started looking. I said, I, said, I got to do something else. This is not good. Ah. <sighs> We've got truth, people. We've got what God died for. We have the message which God died for. And the only thing we need to be telling people is that God loves you. And God is trying to get you whole again so he can have a real, perfect, bona fide relationship with you. That you can spend all eternity with him. That's what he's after. I said, dudes, why do you think God created us? The Bible says God is love and there was nobody to love. Why do you think you're here? For him to love you and you to love him. That's why we're here. We're trying to get caught up in doctrine, heavy stuff. You going around the mall to tell people heavy stuff. People barely know who Jesus is and you want to tell them about his feminine side. Man, I'm so mad. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody say, go talk to him and make him mad. Uh, I, I don't know. It just don't make sense to me. Don't make sense. And so... God came walking on the water and they was able to, to, to now have the peace of knowing, the peace of knowing that it's going to all be well. And trials, he will let come because he's trying to get us to focus on him. God is not egotistical and he's trying to get us to make it all about him. But man, we can't keep our attention on anything too long. True and come on. I need to hear more than true and come on. We cannot keep our attention, our focus on anything too long. And this is why it has become so hard to live for God. Because now, in order to make it work, in order to really be, to make this Christian thing, the relationship with God, in order to to be successful, in order to make it grow, in order to make it go forward, you have to keep your focus on Jesus Christ. And and, And the thing about it is, we can't seem to keep our focus on anything for too long. Where my phone at? I can't show you. You know how we do with the phones. Every 20 seconds, every 30 seconds. We can't focus on anything. We're supposed to be focusing on driving. They want now. And we just keep going. Can't stay focused. And so that, 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 that challenge of trying to remain focused is, 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 is taken away from us building our, our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
because we can't stay focused. Everything is after our attention and the Bible wants us to know. Jesus is trying to get us to know it is, it is him that we need to focus on. Peter, when Jesus began to walk toward the boat, as he began to walk towards them and they realized it was him after he identified himself, Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. I wonder why Peter said that. I wonder why Peter said that. No, Peter was always excited about the Lord. And he was always overzealous. As my wife liked to say, team too much. Peter was just always extraordinary, just extra. And so when he realized it was the Lord, here comes his extra behavior. Lord, is that you? All right, if it's you, let me come. And so Peter asked the Lord, can he come? And so the Lord says, okay, you can come. You can come, Peter. And so Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter decided he's going to walk towards Jesus. Can I tell you? That if you are going to experience miracles in your life, if you're going to experience the power of God in your life, huh? you can't just be ordinary. Nobody else walked on water except for Peter. Jesus was the only one that walked on water. Then Peter, if you can find somebody else that walked on water, you let me know. But I don't know anybody else that walked on water. And we want the supernatural to take place in our life. We want to experience the power of God, but we're not quick to get going and get moving. We're not quick to step out on the work. Jesus said, come. Peter didn't step out of that boat until Jesus said, come. So he stepped out on the word. You can walk on water. You can do the supernatural. You can do anything that you desire to do if you would do it according to the word of God. Peter walked on water because he walked on the word. And so when Jesus said, come, he said, that's all I need to know. All I need to hear, I'm going to know is Jesus. Because if I walk on water like him, then I know it's Jesus. As a matter of fact, I just got a thought. Guess what? Peter is a fisherman and a fisherman know how to swim so I believe when Jesus said come on Peter said if this Jesus I'm going to walk on the water and look at me and if I sink I'll just get swimming and get back in the boat so Peter stepped out on the water you need a miracle in your life sit right there you need a miracle in your life Don't lift your hands. You need a miracle in your life. Just keep on doing what you like to do. 
I told you the other day that when we become uncomfortable is when things begin to happen in our life. But if we stay comfortable, nothing happens. Oh, God, help us today. And when we stay comfortable, guess what? Sooner or later, you're going to become uncomfortable. You can stay comfortable for as long as you want. But God will allow something to come your way. And it's going to mess with you so bad that your comfortability will be challenged now. you got to ask God for yourself today. God, I know I'm going to become uncomfortable. Either you're going to make me become uncomfortable or I'm going to choose to become uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but I'm choosing to be uncomfortable. I'm choosing to say, God, I will just be uncomfortable and step out on the word. For your word is not my word. But when I step out on your word, now I put myself in a place of uncomfortability. I put myself in a different place. I've been saying this for a minute. Are we going to stay comfortable? When are we going to just cut loose? Every time I read in a book and something good happens, somebody cut loose. Somebody did something that was outside of themselves. If the people of God is going to know their God and be strong and do exploits, we're going to have to do something that we have not yet done. We're going to have to step out of the boat and walk on the Word of God. Oh, my God. God, help me to help somebody this morning. Oh, somebody help me this morning. Somebody, will you trust God this morning? You will walk on water if you obey the word. You will do great things if you obey the word. We are not limited to anything. God said he created us in his image. We're like him. And he will not limit us because we're like him. But we can only be like him when we obey him. We can only be like him when we trust him. Oh, God wants to do something in our life, but we must trust Him. We must obey the Word of God. We must walk on His Word. We can't do it because I think. We can't do it because of how I feel. we got to say, God, what do your Word say? That's where I'm going to get my miracle. That's where I'm going to get my deliverance. That's where I'm going to get my salvation. I can't make it without Jesus. Oh, God, help us. Worship the Lord just for a moment. Just worship Him. Father, I worship You. Oh, God, move upon us. And I pray that somebody will respond. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter, when Jesus says, Come, yes, Peter loved the Lord and he was excited to see the Lord. Yes, Peter was just in awe that it was the Lord. Yes, 
Peter was so glad and Peter loved the Lord and that's why he got out. But more than anything else, why Peter got out the boat was because he know God. He know what God is capable of. He know all about God. He was right there with him when he prayed and broke the fishes and the loaves and turned it into over 5,000. He knew who God is and he knew and he says, I know him. And once you get a hold of knowing who God is, you will have complete trust in him. You will know you can walk on water and not sink. You will know you can do exploits and nobody can stop you. But you got to know him. Oh, you got to know him. Oh, God. He says, come. He realized who God was at the time. The word of God says, Jesus said, Peter said in John chapter 6, when, when, when Jesus was tempted uh, by the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now that have different meaning to me when Jesus said, come, and Peter went. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. You see, eternal life is what we will have when we live by the word of God. Eternal life is what we will experience when we live by the word of God. You see, bread give me strength in my body. Food give me strength in my body. But only the word of God give me eternal life. Only the word of God will give me the life everlasting that I desire so badly. In John chapter 6 verse 68, uh, Peter himself said in John chapter 6 38, uh, 68, Peter says, the word of God says, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go? Thou has the words of eternal life. Peter himself said this in John, that who should, who are we going to go to? Who are you going to go to? Ask yourself that. Who are you going to go to? Who are you going to run to? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to sit down with? Where are you going to go to get answers? Where are you going to go to know about eternal life? We're living our life to please ourselves. We're living our life to just feel comfortable. But can that give you eternal life? What you're doing, what you're thinking, where you're going, who you're impressing, who you're talking to. Can they give you the words to eternal life? Because that casket will be laid in the front one day. And you will be out of this world. And the question will be, will there be wailing and weeping? Or will there be celebration and praise? Because we all got to go that way. It's appointed unto man to die once, and after that, the judgment. And so the bottom line is, Peter told Jesus, where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. 69 says, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. They said, we know you are the Christ. We know you have the word to eternal life. What word are we looking for? What word do you need this morning? Because the only word that will matter to me and you eternally is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The only word that will matter to me or you in all of our lifetime. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I don't have no words for you. When I preach the word of God, that's the best I can ever do. I don't have no wisdom that you can have that's going to get you to heaven. It's only by the preaching of the word of God that can save us. I want to utter God's word. All I want to do is echo God's word. All I want to do is just speak God's word because that's the only thing that can give us eternal life. That's the only thing that can give us what we need is the word of God. I can't give you nothing else but the word of God. I don't know who I said this to, but I will tell you this. I realize, I realize why some of God's good men end up trying to manipulate people. They, they have good intentions for it. Their good intention is, I've been preaching, I've been preaching, I've been preaching, I've been preach, preaching, and I don't see any actions. The people I've been preaching to, they're not listening because if they were listening, they would do what I've, I've been preaching. And so a lot of preachers have seen that over the years. I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. But what are people doing? They're doing the same thing every day, same thing every week. They come and they go. I don't see no change. And I've been preaching. And so unfortunately, unfortunately, some of these good men begin to try to manipulate people to start doing things because they're saying they need to start doing something. Why can't they do something? Well, I thank God for wisdom. And I say, God. I ain't no better than you. God, I am not smarter than you. God, I can't even hold, I can't even tie your shoelace, Lord. So the bottom line is, when I preach your word, God, if nothing don't go on, I am not going to allow myself to get frustrated. When I preach your word, God, I'm not going to allow myself to, 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 to get to the place where I got to feel like I can do something. Because only you can do something, Lord. And if they don't let you do it to them, if I don't let you do it to me, then ain't nothing going to be done. Yeah, I realized that. And I pray for those people. I said, man, it's tough. But we still can't allow ourselves to try to manipulate people. Because at the end of the day, people belongs to God. He died for them. He gave his life for them. So we can't manipulate them to say, well, you know, I'm trying to manipulate them so they can live for God. Can't do it. I don't care how much you think it's right. Can't do it. Can't do it. And in my little, my, my short time of pastoring, I realized it. I said, okay, I got it now. But I realized you belong to God and God loves you very much and God know how to handle you. And I'm not going to try to take God's place. And that's what we will, we will get into major trouble if any one of us, not just me, but you or anybody, try to take the place of God in how we handle people. We can't handle people the way we want. No, we got to handle people according to his word because everybody got to pay. I just had a conversation with some men, great men, had the privilege of going to this fantastic meeting. I don't even like talking about it because I ain't supposed to be in these places. But Tuesday, I went to San Diego, came back Friday. And the meeting that I went to in San Diego, our organization have different divisions, okay? And each division and their team meet to plan 
the calendar for the following year and all the events and how they will go. And, and this is for the organization. And I had the privilege on sitting, sitting in one of those meetings where they were planning the North American Missions um, events for 2017 and how our services will go for general conference and who will be the speaker and what kind of fundraiser events we will do and what kind of uh, launch program we will do. And we just had the privilege of doing that. And just sitting with these men and listen, man, we're all people. We're all people. And it doesn't matter what position we're operating in. We're all people. and We experience the same kind of things. And one thing I know and that God will not change. And one of the things I know he'll not change, he will not treat you any different than he treat me. And if we do wrong, we're going to have to pay for our wrong. I don't care who it is. I don't care who bishop so-and-so is. I don't care who evangelist so-and-so is. Whoever do wrong, they're going to have to pay up because God can't be a respecter of person. So if we don't do right, God's going to deal with us the way he needs to deal with us. I don't know how he's going to deal with you. It ain't my job to deal with you. It's God's job to deal with his people because he got to deal with me too. That's very important. Very important to learn how to deal with people because they're not yours. When God told us in, in Genesis, when he told us to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, he was named everything that we should have rulership over. He never said man. He never said people. Go back and look at it. He told you everything. <laughs> everything we supposed to rule the, rule the snake. That's why he was mad at us because we let the snake. Because we had dominion over the snake. We have dominion over evil spirits. We have dominion over everything. But God didn't give us dominion over each other. When we're leading, we lead as we follow Christ. So even that, we don't have the right to give anybody. So if I'm leading, I'm leading following Christ, and I'm doing what Christ says. So I'm not even leading on my own. I can't lead with an iron fist. That's not God. Will get out of here, boy! You're trying to lead my people any kind of way. So the bottom line is, we can't have dominion over each other. We can't control each other. The only people you can control for a little bit is the children God lent to you. That's why He said lent. Remember, remember, we read in Samuel where it talks about um, she went um, 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 and, 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 and gave her son for what we call it again, dedication, ded- dedicate her son to the Lord. When Hannah dedicates Samuel to the Lord, if you go back and read the scripture, it says lent him. Because at the end of the day, when we have children, we're just raising them up to a certain point. Because when they get old enough, they have their own mind and they're going to do whatever they want. So even them, you only have a short time to rule, quote unquote, over them. Nobody have rule over anybody. When we start doing that, God has a problem with us when we rule over people. He does. And I realize that and I'm staying far away from that. All I can do is tell you what the word of God says. And so, Peter saw the Lord. He got excited. And now he started walking on the water. Somebody say, but! When he saw, when you start taking your time to read your Bible, you catch a little bit. He saw. Hold on, Peter. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you saw what? He saw the winds boisterous. Well, hold on, Peter. How can you see the wind when when you saw Jesus coming and you realized it was him? You looked and you said, oh, is it you, master? And he says, yes. Well, bid me to come. And now you started walking on the water. And the reason why you was walking on water was because you was looking at the master. So how can you be looking at the master and looking at the winds at the same time? 
<laughs> How can you look at your troubles and look at Jesus at the same time? How can you look at your bad situation and look at Jesus at the same time? You can't do it. We can only look at one thing at a time. We can only focus on one thing at a time. If you focus on your situation, then Jesus is not in it. If you want to focus on your trouble, then Jesus is not in it. If you want to focus on your circumstance, then Je- you can only look and focus on one thing. Oh, God, help me this morning. God made me understand that we can only focus on one thing at a time. If you're going to stop and focus... Let- let me tell you something. I'm, 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 I'm going to finish in a second here. Let me tell you this. Ah, help me. I know at least one, two, three. Three, I think maybe four. Four people that either are not living for God, barely living for God, or playing living for God because... Their focus came off of God and went on their situation. Every trouble, every situation that's going to take you out, I'm telling you the word of God. I am telling you what I know. Every situation you have in your life, every person, say every person, have at least a situation that they're dealing with. Every person, I don't care who you are in here, every person have at least, at least one situation you're dealing with. So please don't think that you're different. You don't understand. Oh, man, you, if you would know all the stuff that's going on with me, every person. So let's not ask for sympathy, every person. Let's not try to act like you're by yourself, every person. And so every person have a situation that they're dealing with. And what I can tell you about at least four people that I personally know, I watched it because I'm close to them. And I sat back and watched. And what happened was they looked at their situation and they looked at God. They looked at their situation and they looked at God. And after a while, the situation, they made it bigger than God. And when you make it bigger than God, you want me to tell you how you make it bigger than, bigger than God? You started talking about it more than you started talking about God. And so every time I got around these people, they never talked about God. They talked about the situation. Every time I talked to them, they talked about the situation. Every time I got, it was always a situation. And if you talk about the situation long enough, guess what you're going to arrive at? I need to do something. I need to do something about it. That situation, I need to do something. You really didn't need to do anything, but because you took your focus, your focus off of Jesus, and you put your focus on the situation, you empowered the situation, and you made the situation bigger than the Almighty. Now, we know nothing is bigger than the Almighty, but we put ourselves in that predicament to put that thing above God. I got to do something because I can't take this no more. I got to make a decision because this ain't right. And it sounds good. And here we go. We talked about it so much till we have to deviate and start dealing with the situation. And we took our focus off of God. 
and we find ourselves playing like we're living for God still. We find ourselves acting like we're living for God. We find ourselves in all different kind of situation, situation because of the situation. He may not be there when you want him, but he will be there right on time. His timing is perfect. Take your eyes. I'm, I'm telling you today. This is why God told me to preach. Focus on Jesus. Take your eyes right now from off of the situation. I know every once in a while it's going to come up and some days it's going to be even worse than other days. But don't stay on it too long. I'm not telling you situations is not hard. I'm not telling you life is not challenging. I'm not telling you you're not hurting. I'm not telling you you're not discouraged. What I'm telling you is just deal with it a little bit and get out of it. Don't stay on it. Don't let it take up much time. Yes, sometimes you're going to find yourself crying about the situation. Yes, sometimes you're going to find yourself just down about the situation. Yes, you're going to feel yourself, find yourself hurting about the situation. I'm not telling you those things won't happen, but what I'm telling you is, uh, don't let it linger. Don't feed it. Don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody about it, because you will make it bigger than Jesus Christ. And if it becomes bigger than God, we're in a lot of trouble. If it becomes bigger than God, we're in a lot of trouble. And I watch people walk away from God. They love God. They had no intentions of walking away from God. They know how good God has been. But the situation, they empowered the situation. But the situation, they talked about the situation. And now their focus was only on the situations. And they focused so much on it that they say, God ain't going to do nothing about this. How you know? Because he didn't do it yet. Listen, I'm going to wait God out. I'm going to wait God out. And I don't care if he don't do it when I think. I don't care how bad it get. Go back to these disciples. The winds was boisterous. That boat was going all up and down and crazy. I don't think that they thought they was going to make it. If you were in that boat or I was in that boat, I don't think we thought we would have made it. I don't think they thought they was going to make it. And then on top of it, before they realized it was Jesus coming, they thought it was a ghost. They know they were doomed. But guess what? At the last hour, at the perfect hour, the Lord showed up. God will show up in your situation at the last hour. At when you're at your wit's end, when you think that there is no more hope, when you think that it can't get no better, when you think that it's going to destroy you, God will show up at the last moment. God will come into your situation at the last moment and he's going to say, be of good cheer. I'm here. The I am is here. I don't have to worry. The I am is here. The focus we took off the focus off of Jesus Christ. We're putting it on everything else. Every time you got to think about this and you got to argue about this and you got you have your focus on the wrong thing. So Peter saw the winds. It meant he did this. Oh my lord. I can't believe how these winds are blowing out here. This is crazy. And as soon as he did that, he started sinking. Oh, Lord. When you take your eyes off Jesus, you're sinking. When you take your eyes off Jesus, you go down, not up. 
When you take your eyes off Jesus, you're not going to make it. And the only way you can make it again is if you put your eyes back. Oh, Lord. Here I am. I'm finishing right here. While, huh, while Peter was sinking, the other 11 disciples was in the boat. We didn't read anything about them saying, Peter, let me help you. While Peter was sinking, the winds didn't stop. Everything, nothing could have helped Peter. Everything from this world was present at that time. People, life, the breeze, the boat, everything. The boat couldn't help him. The people couldn't help him. The wind wasn't stopping. You can go talk to the wind. You can go talk to people. You can go come sit in the church and you still won't get no help if you just come and sit in the church. The boat represents the church and if you just come in and sit, nothing can help you. There's only one that can help you and his name is Jesus. That's all. That's the only one that can help us. His name is Jesus. We can sit in church. We can complain how I treated people right and they not treat me right. We can complain on how people are wrong. We can complain everything. But nothing can help you. Why complain? All I got to do is do what people, what Peter did. What did Peter do? Peter says, Lord, save me. That's it. I don't have to look to nobody. I don't have to look to nobody. I'm not going to sit just still sitting there and just sinking and just have no place to go. All I got to say is, Lord, help me. That's what God is asking all of us to say today. Lord, help me. And guess what? I'm sure when he said help, he was pushing his hands up. I'm sure he was extending his hand. Lord, help me because he was sinking. And I'm sure he was like, Lord, he was extending his hand. Lord, help me. He just wasn't drowning and saying, Lord, help. He was doing something to say, here, can you reach me, Lord? Can you get me, Lord? Can you save me, Lord? Lord, help me. Lord. Help me. And Peter put his eyes back on Jesus. And he said, help me. And when he said, help me, God stretched his hand immediately. He stretched his hand straight to Peter. And he saved Peter. He saved Peter. He looked again to Christ. Lord, save me. He cried. Peter was a prayer warrior. Peter was a man of God. And I believe the shortest prayer he ever prayed was probably the most sincerest prayer he ever prayed. The most sincere prayer he ever prayed. Because he knew he was done. Lord, save me. And he prayed that prayer and reached out to God. And God extended his hand and pulled Peter in. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? I'm finishing with this. I'm closing with this. The Lord says, wherefore have thou doubt? What God was trying to show Peter. Once you took your eyes off me, 
you demonstrated doubt. Because doubt is being in between two situations, two decisions. When you're wavering, you're doubting. When you're sure, you're focused. And so Peter, the Lord says, oh, you have little faith, was because Peter, there was another time God says, oh, you have little faith, but God was talking about they could have spoke to the winds and the sea. But in this particular situation, God is saying, you knew as long as you kept your eyes on me, you were good. That was proven. You kept your eyes on me and you walked on water. And then you look to the winds. You let doubt creep in. You let doubt creep in as to who I am and what I can do. And anytime doubt get into your mind and get into your heart, you take your eyes. That's why you start talking about your situation because doubt has crept in. Because you don't believe that God's going to do anything about it. Sometimes you even might know he can, but you're saying he won't. Can I go a step further and say, and what if he don't? You still going to let the situation destroy you? What if he don't? You still going to keep on going in the wrong direction? What if he don't? You still going to be like, give up on God? I read about the man named Paul, and he had a thorn in his flesh. And he wanted it removed, and it didn't get removed. Did he give up on God? Did we, did we read about him talking about that thorn all the time, or did he just mention it three times? Focus. Here is the definition of focus. A point of concentration. When we say we're focused, it means point of concentration. It means we begin to look and concentrate on a point, a person, a situation. It means we become totally engaged and focused on a situation, a point of concentration. So we can't just play it off like we're looking at God. No, no, no. We have to focus on Jesus. We have to focus on Jesus. We can't just casually look every once. We have to focus on Jesus. We can't just pretend to be looking, but we're not really looking because Jesus knows everything. We have to be focused. We have to be focused on Jesus. The only way I can be focused on him, he's not here physically, but when I focus on his word, when I focus on truth, when I focus on righteousness, when I focus on holiness, when I focus on God, that's how I focus in my mind, in my actions, in my doing. I can't see him, but I can focus on the word. Will you stand? I have to focus on Jesus. All of us have to fight the good fight of faith to focus. We're not going to be able to just casually live for God. It doesn't, it, 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 it's not going to happen. Casually living for God won't happen. We have to focus. We have to focus. Then they that were in the ship worship him they did not forget to offer sacrifice and praise and thanksgiving for the great mercies that God had shown them we have to realize 
that we have a lot to give God thanks for. We have a lot to be worshiping God for. Because he has come to our rescue so many times. And can I tell you, let's not become ungrateful and forget about what God has done for us so far. We don't realize that God has done a lot for us. Because all we can think of is what we need right now. So because I can think of all, all I can think of is what I need right now, I forget about a couple years ago. I forget about six months ago. I forget about three years ago because all I'm worried about right now is just right now. This is why we just got to find ourselves worshiping God for all that he has done. Worshiping God for who he is. Because I want that to just become who I am. So when situations happen, it's not hard for me to just worship God. It's not hard for me to just praise him. Whether the boat is sinking, whether things are going right or it's not going right, I'm going to praise him anyhow. (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) will somebody take the time out today to just worship the Lord? Just thank him today. And get your focus back on him. We don't like to admit when we've allowed our focus to come off of him. But all of us at times have allowed our focus to take it off Jesus Christ. But I'm just here today to remind you to get your focus back on him. There is nothing too big for him there is nothing that's worth giving up for him you don't want to give him up for anything doesn't matter how bad the situation get I don't care what I have to go through just as long as I have Jesus oh somebody today renew your focus renew your focus forget about everything else And just put your focus back on him. Remember why you first came to church. Remember your first experience with God when he moved on you so mightily that you became so emotional. Remember the first miracle you felt that he did in your life. Remember when you repented of your sins and you got baptized in Jesus' name. Remember when God spoke a word to you and nobody else knew. But you knew because you knew nobody else could know except for God. Remember these things. Remember... When you really discovered how real God was. Begin to think on these things and regain your focus on God. Because so many things are coming your way to cause you to put focus on. And you can't put your focus in two places. Your focus cannot be in two places. It can only be in one place. So will you put your focus today, right now, on Jesus? Ah, uh, oh my God, I, I, I lift my hands to you, Lord God. I put my eyes towards thee, Lord God. Oh, though the winds may blow, though the storms may come, oh God, though the situations and challenges may take place, for God I live, for God I die. My focus, my attention, I place them on you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, you are my everything. You are the author and finisher of my faith. 
Will you take this moment right now just between you and God? You and God. You and God. Come on, just you and God right now. Will you just take this moment and won't you just lift your hands, talk to Him, get your focus. This is an opportunity right now to make something right, to get yourself back on track. Just just worship the Lord. Oh God. Oh God. Will you try with me today? Will you get focused with me today? Will you place your attention and your affection on Jesus today? I love you, Lord. Oh, Father. Father, help me not to go to the left. Help me not to go to the right. But help me to stay focused on you. Help me to keep my attention on you. Help me, Lord God, to not deviate. But God, to put my attention and my affection and my focus on you. Lord, you are my everything. Lord, you are my God. Lord, you are the source of my strength. You are my keeper. You are my shield and my buckler, my exceeding and great reward. You are the lifter up of my head. You are my savior. Just like you save Peter. Just like you save, oh God, every one of us when you went to the cross. God, if you save us once, you can save us again. Oh God, we've sinned and fallen short of your glory. But God just saved us before. I know if we just come back to you and we'll refocus, Lord God. If we will repent of our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh God, help us to refocus. Help us, Lord God, to refocus. Oh God, somebody just take this moment to love God. To love Him. Tell Him all that is in your heart. Because he cares. He wants you to talk to him and nothing else and nobody else. Put your focus on Jesus. Talk to him. He will give you the answers. He will keep you. He will uplift you. And he will make a way for you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Impart your focus. Impart into Him, Lord God, your purpose and your will. Today, Lord God, like no other day, Lord God, that you'll impart your perfect will in His life. Oh God, let Him see the glory. Let Him see the glory. Let him experience the glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I impart to you the peace of God. I impart to you God's peace. Oh God. God is giving you focus. God is bringing your focus towards Him right now. God is allowing you to focus on Him right now. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God says, follow after me. For in me is eternal life. For in me is the answers. Follow after God. Follow after God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God wants you to follow Him. He says, follow me. Follow me. And I will use you. I will make you fishers of men. Ha. Oh, 
Mika Tozobo Sotarabaha. Dayo Soko Shotoyere Baha. Eta Yo Shotolomo. Oh, Etalabaha. There's a renewing. There's a renewing. There's a renewing of the strength of God. There's a renewing. There's a renewing. Let the Holy Ghost have His way right now. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. There's a renewing. There's a renewing. There's a renewing. There's a renewing. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. Let the Holy Ghost have His way. Hallelujah! 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 Lord, 